0: If you've ever ventured into a bookstore, whether online or in person, to find a new Bible, you understand the overwhelm that comes with that decision. So many choices to make. What translation are you getting? Hardcover? Leather cover? What color? Is it a lay flat Bible? Is it a study Bible? Maybe a journaling Bible? Is it interleaved? Red letter? Not to mention the cost. I recently decided to purchase a new Bible because the cover of the one I've been using for the past decade was in pretty bad shape and it was falling apart in my hands. I had something very specific in mind, but I also wanted to begin using a different translation, which led me down a path of learning that I felt the need to share. Choosing a Bible translation is a really big deal and not to be taken lightly. These are the words of God, so it's important to understand how translations are categorized and what that means for our study. So how do you choose the right one? Well, settle in, friend, and let's talk about it. Welcome to Loved and Made Worthy. My name is Erica, and this is a podcast about embracing our God-given purpose and letting go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving. If you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and are ready to ditch the labels that God never gave you, this is for you. Listen in as we journey with God to find out who He is, what that means for our life, and ultimately, who He created us to be. What Bible translation do you read now? Why are you reading that one? When I was a teenager, my Bible was a New King James Version, probably because that was the version that was gifted to me, and I just never thought of using another. Honestly, my Bible study during that time was limited to church and youth retreats, so I wasn't super invested in the version. But once I became an adult, I chose to use the new international version, leaving behind the NKJV in favor of readability. But now that I've made the decision to be more intentional about how I study and what tools I'm using to do that, I've had to dive pretty deep into how Bibles are translated, and why the translators make some of the decisions that they do. So this episode is going to be me sharing a simplified version of what I've learned with you so that you can make an informed decision about the Bible that you're reading and studying. And in the spirit of full transparency, this episode is not going to get into the history of translation or apologetics. We're going to keep it simple. So first, let's bust the myth that there is one right version, and I know you can't see me, but there were definite air quotes around the word right. No translation is going to be perfect. That being said, there are some things you'll want to consider. Also, you're never limited to just one version. We have multiple versions at our fingertips at any moment, especially with the access we have to different apps and online tools. Now... I get the need to find the right Bible, again with the air quotes, because a nice one isn't exactly cheap. You want to make sure you're getting one that you'll use, that will last, that you like. So let's get into it. Bible translations exist on a sort of spectrum, but are generally categorized into three types. On one end of the spectrum, we have word-for-word translations, which are also referred to as literal or formal equivalents. These translations prioritize taking the original Greek or Hebrew word and finding the English equivalent for it. Word-for-word translations tend to be great for academic study, but also might be kind of difficult to read and can lose some of the cultural references and figures of speech that maybe would have been well known by the audience at that time. Some of the more popular word-for-word translations include the American Standard Version and English Standard Version both King James and New King James, and the American Standard Bible. Then toward the center of the spectrum, we have the thought-for-thought translations. These are also referred to as functional or dynamic equivalents. Thought-for-thought translations emphasize translating the author's thoughts while still respecting the integrity of the text. So they're taking thoughts and translating them instead of taking word by word. These tend to have high levels of readability, so they're great for reading, but the reader is at the mercy of someone else's interpretation, so the process of interpretation and development of the version is super important. Some of the popular thought-for-thought translations include the Christian Standard Bible, the New International Version, and the New Living Translation. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the paraphrases. These are not really translations, but are more interpretations. The intention of a paraphrase is to put the scripture into language that a contemporary reader would be familiar with. Paraphrases are great for people who have a solid knowledge of the scriptures and need a fresh perspective, but they are not meant to replace a traditional word-for-word or thought-for-thought Bible. Popular Bible paraphrases are the Living Bible, the Message, and the Passion Translation. I'm going to link a few articles in the show notes so that if you're interested in digging a little further, you'll have a place to start. Uh, These were the articles that provided a lot of information when I was doing my own digging to pick a new translation, and I found them super helpful. So how do you choose? How do you choose a new Bible translation? Well, first, it's important to know the process behind developing a translation. Personally, I'm very wary of translations that are not done by committee. To err is to be human, so I'm of the mindset that when more people are involved, it's going to be a little more trustworthy than if it's just one person translating the scriptures on their own. There's too much opportunity for error, and then you're truly at the mercy of one person's interpretation with no accountability. And second, what is the purpose of this Bible? Will it be your primary Bible or a secondary one used during study? Are you more interested in heavy academic study or are you newer to studying and require a version with higher readability? One valuable piece of advice that I was given was to choose the Bible I would use most for my primary and then to choose at least one other version from a different type so that I had a more well-rounded experience with the text. So for instance, if my primary Bible was thought for thought, then it was recommended to also choose a word for word translation to use as a secondary version. And we don't have to buy these, right? Like we have access to these on uh, the internet through different tools. We have the UVersion app and we can access different versions. And so if you want one, you know, to have a physical Bible, you can purchase that one and then have your secondary versions free online. Now, we should do all of this through prayer and consulting with our wise counsel, 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17 says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Finding a reliable translation matters. And then reading that translation matters. My prayer for us all is that whatever Bible translation we choose, We will be hungry for the word and develop a deep desire to know God all the more. I hope today's episode blessed your spiritual walk and brought you just a little bit closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I love to hear how God is using this in your life. And if you'd like to connect, be sure to join the Loved and Made Worthy Facebook group. I would love to see you there. Now, as we go our separate ways, I just want to remind you of three things. You were seen, you were loved, and you were made worthy in Jesus. I'll see you next time.